At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Uh, you can follow on Twitter at Scott's on air. It's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. And as we inch closer and closer to Super Bowl Sunday, so much to dive into. We had opening night here on Monday night, but it was done virtually. A little different than years past each team holding their own thing at their respective stadium. So the Bengals were in Cincinnati, little rally, fireworks, all the fun stuff with the interviews, and they will actually travel and land in L.A. on Tuesday. One of the more interesting uh, nuggets of information that came from the media availability, uh, Bengals tight end C.J. Uzama says that he's going to play in this game. Uh, he suffered a sprained MCL in his knee in the AFC championship game. And he said, quote, I'm not missing the biggest game of my life. I'm not missing it. That's my approach going every day into rehab. Uzama did not practice last week. And I don't know how much he's going to practice or play this, you know, this week leading up to the game. But Uzama's a guy who has been very active in this Bengals offense and in the first two playoff games for the Bengals Uzama had 13 catches 135 yards and a touchdown you know when you take a look at the props here for the Bengals if Uzama plays I would look towards his receptions, and we don't have a number out right now because just don't know if he's going to play, but he's such a big part of that offense. This would be a huge boost if Uzama is able to play for the Bengals uh, coming into this Super Bowl. Would be a very, very big boost to them. Also taking a look at the numbers here when it relates to certain prop bets that I kind of have been exploring. I talked earlier with Mike Pritchard when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr.'s receiving numbers. Uh, OBJ, to score a touchdown, let's see here at Circa. Well, this is the first touchdown of the game. Uh, This is 
player to score the first touchdown. Now, this would be really fun. Circa has it here as plus 800 to score the first touchdown of the game. I don't know if I'm going to bet him to score the first touchdown of the game, uh, plus 800. But Odell Beckham Jr., just to score any touchdown, I think it's a pretty good bet. Anytime touchdown for Odell Beckham Jr., you're going to get it at plus 110, plus 120. He has six touchdowns as a Ram. He did catch one against Arizona in the wild card round. Since he joined the team in November, he only eclipsed the 100-yard mark just that one time in the NFC Championship game, 113 yards. But I like Odell Beckham Jr. to score a touchdown, to eclipse his yardage mark. He is catching, according to uh, NFL Next Gen Stats, 72.7% of targets on 10-plus air yards in the playoffs. And that kind of coincides with what Pritchard was telling us about just the type of routes that OBJ is going to run and the type of defense that he's going to be facing. Because he's an outside receiver, he's going to be covered one-on-one, and... He wins one-on-one, especially when it's a comeback route, a stop route, an out route. Like, those are the type of throws that Odell gets, the sideline catches. And Stafford's so good at fitting the football into tight windows that he's not shy throwing in Odell's direction and trusting him to make a catch. He's got incredible hands. He's got incredible footwork. And with a lot of attention being placed on Cooper Cup, one of my favorite props here is Odell Beckham Jr. over 63 and a half receiving yards. And I like him to score a touchdown. I do. He's among some of the players that I like to score a touchdown. I think there will be a lot of touchdowns because I do think the game is going to go over. Players that I like, OBJ, you know, Cooper Cup. Of course, what's not to like about Cooper Cup? Um, but yeah, and, and speaking of touchdowns, Jill Gallant will join me coming up next from uh, FTN Bets, and he on Twitter is just known for handing out touchdown props, whether it's the first touchdown of the game or just any time touchdown score. Uh, so we'll talk to Jill's about uh, his favorite picks. I'm wondering if he has Odell Beckham Jr. in this one to score a touchdown. How about the two touchdown props? These are always fun. OBJ to score two touchdowns, plus 750. Cooper Cup, plus 250. Uh, Joe Mixon, plus 450. Jamar Chase, plus 500. There's a fun bet also that kind of correlates to the bet that I am going to place, which is will a team have a successful two-point conversion? Uh, Patrick Everson of Props.com tweets about this, and, and at Circa they have it here. Will a player score eight points on a single possession. So that means the same player catches, uh, scores the touchdown and scores the ensuing two-point conversion. The yes is plus 1,500 here at Circa. Will a player score a touchdown 
and score the ensuing two-point conversion. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Maybe I will sprinkle a little bit, but I'm already going to be invested in just will there be a successful two-point conversion. And I guess what I'll just need if I want to do that is to just have the same player wind up getting that touchdown and two-point conversion. And didn't it happen? No, I guess last week, I mean, the AFC Championship game, uh, Jamar Chase had the touchdown, but Taylor had the two-point conversion. I'm just trying to think. I thought there was a game that featured a, like, the same, like, it happened, where there was a touchdown and a two-point conversion by the same player. Um, No, Derrick Henry scored. They failed the two-point conversion. That was in the Titans game. Uh, Yeah, I thought maybe Jamar Chase had done it, but maybe that was a regular season game that I'm thinking of and not a uh, playoff game. But, yeah, so that's a fun bet. Will the same player get the touchdown and the two-point conversion? I don't know if I'll go that far. Plus 1,500 is kind of juicy. It feels like it should be more than that, to be honest with you. But I am going to take the plus money on will there be a successful two-point conversion, which you can get plus 230, plus 240, depending on where you look. Shop around, find the best number to uh, to bet that. Because I do believe that we will get a successful two-point conversion. It's happened a bunch in Super Bowls. We've had, uh, let's see, 10 times, I think, two-point conversions in the Super Bowl. And, yeah, there have been 10. Well, this is, let's see, was there, was there any last year? Because this was 10, 11. Hmm, I'd have to go back and see uh, if there was last season in the Super Bowl, because I know there was, before that, there were 10 successful two-point conversions. We didn't have one um, in last year's game, but 10 successful two-point conversions uh, since the, uh, or in the Super Bowl. The first was in Super Bowl 29. Was that 29? Yeah. Yeah. Chargers and 49ers. We had a successful two-point conversion. And we had Patriots against the Falcons in that game. Successful two-point conversion. Um, James White and Danny Amendola both getting two-point conversions in that game. It's worth a shot. I hit it in that game, by the way. Um, It's worth a shot. And I think at the plus money value that you're going to get, I would take it. I would take it at the, uh, see if there's going to be a successful two-point conversion. Like it's, you know, the numbers uh, aren't, you know, that great 10 times in 50-somewhat Super Bowls, 55 Super Bowls, but that's a fun one, especially with the way that the NFL has kind of changed over the years, analytics being more involved, and with the moving back of the extra point, we could have a scenario, look, the, the Titans tried it, they didn't get it, but we could have a scenario where there's a penalty on the touchdown or even a penalty on the extra point that kind of allows the team to move the ball to the goal line, the one-yard line, and try a conversion. You know, if they score a touchdown, there's a penalty on that touchdown play, the team gets the choice. Do they 
uh, enforce it on the kickoff or enforce it on the try. Move the ball up to the one-yard line and try a two-point conversion. When it comes to the Super Bowl, I think anything is on the line. And at the plus 240, plus 250 range, I'm going to go ahead and try for uh, will there be a successful two-point conversion. We're going to talk about props, especially touchdown scores. Joe Gallant from uh, FTN Bets will join me coming up next. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN. Make sure you follow us all on the network at VSIN Live. It's the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline, Over, Under, and Against the Spread Bets. Betting splits are another way. VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Joined now from FTN Bets, Jill Gallant here on the program. And, well... I know you on Twitter, Jill, as the touchdown prop guru. When it comes to first touchdown scorer of the games, anytime touchdown scorer of the games, how heavily invested will you be in the touchdown market for this Super Bowl? Well, first off, Scott, thank you very much for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be involved. I've got right now three anytime touchdown score bets locked in for the game, uh, a first touchdown score bet, a multi-touchdown score bet, uh, yeah, and I'm probably even going to do a little bit of a same game parlay, maybe throw two or three picks on one just for the type of bets that I like to do, because I like to bet guys that are over like, you know, plus 200, maybe plus 150 or more at least. So uh, guys like Cooper Cup and Joe Mixon or Jamar Chase, they wouldn't necessarily make my card as a single bet. So that's why for me, a lot of the time if, with those guys, I would rather just maybe do a same game parlay, maybe Cup and Chase and maybe get a little bit more value. Or... The multi-touchdowns, this is something that I've done a bunch. Uh, Unfortunately, it hasn't hit the majority of the time. But when it does hit, it feels great when you have a guy to score multiple touchdowns. So who is your multi-touchdown scorer for this Super Bowl? 
Yeah, I think Cooper Cup has to be the one just because of his target share. He's getting at least 35% of the targets right now for Matthew Stafford. And uh, I've been joking about this for a couple of weeks. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, when is a team going to actually decide, okay, enough is enough. Cooper Cup, you are not scoring on us today because it hasn't happened. And he is constantly getting uh, the bulk of the workload. Uh, now, I do like Odell Beckham as well to score a touchdown just anytime at around plus 150. I think that's actually pretty good value just considering the drop off of where you're seeing Cup at like minus 160 in some spots. But the fact that you can get Cup right now around plus 350, like he is the favorite to get two touchdowns in this game. And rightfully so, because all year Matthew Stafford has shown that that's who he looks for. Yeah, and when you mentioned Odell Beckham, I mean, I've, these are, I've already had my plays here. Uh, I'm on OBJ over 63 receiving yards. I think he gets that. And I think it's any time score. I'm also going to sprinkle on him to be the MVP, if we're being honest, uh, amongst other players that I'm going to be invested in. But you, you mentioned it. I mean, Cooper Cup, he's going to get his no matter what defenses try to do to him. But at some point, you know the attention is focused on Cooper Cup. Odell Beckham Jr. is constantly being defended by just one guy on the outside. And that's why Stafford loves throwing to him. We saw the big game in the NFC Championship game, and I think that rolls over here into this game. I wouldn't hate, actually, Odell Beckham Jr. at plus 900 first touchdown scorer of the game. Absolutely. I think he is a pretty good option. I think my favorite option right now for first touchdown, Scott, is actually, I think, Cam Akers. Cam Akers right now is sitting there around plus 750. Yeah. And the... I wish that I loved Cam Akers the way that Sean McVay loves Cam Akers because I've still been wondering, like, okay, are they going to maybe just kind of ease him back into the lineup? No, they took the kids' gloves off immediately with this guy. And I could see them being within the five-yard line. That's who's going to be getting the rock in that kind of position. Uh, not to say that OBJ isn't a good choice. Uh, I mean, he right now looks like second-year New York Giants OBJ, you know what I mean, just as far as talent and the way that he's producing in this offense. Uh, but I feel like from a running back standpoint right now, it's pretty good value to get a starting running back on the team that is favored over plus 700 right now to score the first touchdown of the game. So who are your other anytime touchdown scores? Yeah, so right now, T. Higgins right now has to be my favorite for the Bengals. Um, the reason why is just if you look at the last two playoff games, and just the way that those game scripts kind of rolled out where the Bengals were maybe playing a little bit from behind, um, he has really turned it on. He had 13 catches and 199 receiving yards in the last two playoff games on 19 targets as well. And we think of that uh, Jamar Chase, Joe or Burrow connection, but T Higgins just in his second year has already shown a pretty good connection with Joe Burrow. Um, and I think it's kind of looking at the game script as well. So if, for me, I kind of look at it as, okay, I think the Rams will win this game. So if the Rams do win this game, how do the Bengals play when they lose? Well, when they lose, Higgins goes off. So far, if you look at the last four games that the Bengals have lost, the Bengals, uh, T. Higgins, he had 106 receiving yards average per game. So uh, I like him not only to score a touchdown in this game, I love his over on receiving yards at 68 and a half. Wow, that's great numbers. I love that as well. Uh, can I pitch a long shot touchdown scorer to you pitch away Samaje P Ryan plus 400 if the game script does play out the way you and I are on the same page here I do I am on a Rams victory if the Bengals have to throw the ball more P Ryan's the guy that gets the action in their passing yes. offense uh, he's a better blocker than Joe Mixon and a better receiver on the backfield he had that 41 yard catch and run for a touchdown against the Kansas City too. Chiefs I'm not asking him to get a 41-yard touchdown, Shells. I'm just saying, 
get a quick catch from 15 yards out, something, take it to the house, whatever it takes, plus 400, I think, is value here for Samaj P. right now. He doesn't score a lot, doesn't play a lot, but in a game that I think that they're going to be throwing and trailing, I can see him possibly getting some receptions and some receiving yards. Just break one to the house for me. And Scott, it hasn't even just been when they've been trailing, too. It's really just been pass-catching situations. Even though Mixon has been getting uh, a lot of catches out of the backfield, three to four catches per game over the last five games, P. Ryan has been getting snaps and workloads. So uh, I would even say uh, to look around and shop around, too, I've seen his odds as high as you know plus 800 in some books wow. uh, to score a touchdown just because of the fact of him being a backup running back on the team that isn't favored. So in that position, um, I would definitely be looking around. I think the one thing I would just say about P Ryan is when you walk in, when you're betting that touchdown score is don't be shocked if you have to kind of wait until the, the, the end of the game or, you know, <laughs> the end of the first half or so you could be sitting on a ticket and you're sweating it a little bit, just wondering, okay, when is he going to get in the game? Because when you bet these guys with like long shot touchdown scores like this, there's a reason they have those odds is because they don't get the ball that often. And, and you kind of have to make sure to just temper your expectations. I think when you bet on a guy like that, boy, what a payday it would have been in the NFC championship game. If Ben Skoranek <laughs> yeah. would have caught that ball because uh, plus twelve hundred man, yeah, Skaronic gets. Uh, yeah, I think I'm seeing him plus nine hundred here on DraftKings, uh, or plus eight hundred. So you can get some crazy odds on a guy like that if you go deeper down the uh, depth chart here for both of these teams. Uh, what other prop are you going to be looking at for this game? For me, I'm going to wager on will there be a successful two point conversion. I look at both of these coaches, analytic-driven coaches. I think the way that the NFL has obviously transitioned over the past couple of seasons, I think there's going to be a two-point conversion in this game. At plus 240 is where I'm seeing it at certain books. I'm going to be playing that. Is there a prop that you're going to be on for this game? Well, I actually do like the kicker prop. I just wanted to say to touch on the the, the two-point conversion prop, I do like this prop, especially in the second half, if you start to see kickers start to miss field goals. Um, I think the one thing that I would say, too, is I really like Matt Gay's over seven and a half points scored in the mm. game uh, because if you just look at the playoffs so far, he has 30 points scored. He has at least eight points in each of them. It's at seven and a half. Um he missed a field goal in the last two games, but he still did kick the game-winning field goals yeah. in both of those games. So it's not like they're completely soured on him. And the Rams had 20 drives in, oppose, in opponent territory, and they've been pretty efficient at getting points while they're there. I think the one thing that I worry about is, are we going to see these analytical coaches maybe overthink themselves in the Super Bowl and not try to take the points? Because that's what I think would you don't want to have a whole offseason of, Oh, we blew it or mm-hmm, whatever, mm-hmm. and you know, and that kind of thing. And that's just what I worry about if uh, maybe Sean McVay or uh, or a Zach, a Zach Taylor might be overthinking themselves, which could lead to this two point conversion here in the second half. Yeah, that's what I'm definitely going to be on. And then just for fun, over under two and a half players to attempt a pass. And we've seen oh, it, absolutely, we've seen it from the Rams, whether it's Odell Beckham Jr., Cooper Cup, Johnny Hecker, he's thrown passes. And, and the, the wording is key here because it's not saying, will anybody other than a quarterback, it's just over under two and a half players. I'm not rooting for injury here, but let's say a backup quarterback has to come into the game. This is true. You win that prop. 
Yeah, I mean, I generally don't like to make wagers based on uh, potential injury. What? Yeah. Uh, just because I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like the karma just will come back to me if I if I bet with that kind of intention. But uh, I definitely think, though, that just because of these two coaches coming from the same coaching tree, the the, the offensive ingenuity that they have, mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of fun Super Bowl bet that a lot of people should be considering for this game. Uh, real quick, about 30 seconds. Opening kickoff touchback, yes or no? 100% yes. 100%. Okay. Yes. Don't let them don't let them take it back. You are uh, that was conviction there. Jill, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for the conversation. We'll be following along and look forward to the uh, touchdown props cashing. Thanks a lot, Scott. Check me out at ftnbets.com and follow me on Twitter at gdog5000. There he is, Jill Gallant from FTN Bets, uh, the king when it comes to the touchdown props for the game here uh, coming up on Sunday. I'm going to be riding some of those touchdown props as well and yeah the two touchdown scores because those are always fun to cash those uh great stuff there from uh Jill. i'm scott seidenberg hit me up on twitter at scott's on air this is the look ahead right here on vsin the sports betting network this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network you know that vsin is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game and right now, you can sign up to get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Uh, thanks to uh, Joe Gallant for joining me here on the program from FTN Bets, talking about the uh, anytime touchdown scores, some other props that he likes in this game. And it, listen, I, I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, you really have to look at how you handicap this game, what the game script is going to be, and then choose your props accordingly. Do you think the Rams will win? Do you think the Bengals will win? Do you think that it's going to be a close game, a low-scoring game, a high-scoring game, a blowout? And the prop bets, you bet accordingly. I don't recommend just loading up on one team. I think you want to give yourself outs. And I think there are opportunities to kind of go on both sides here. For instance, uh, if you think the Rams are going to win the game and they're going to have a big lead on the Bengals, and you think the Rams are going to score a lot. So you can bet some Rams touchdown scorers. You could also go with Cam Akers rushing yards. Because if a team has a lead, they're going to be running the football. Whereas if a team is trailing, they're going to have to be throwing the ball a lot. And Joe brought up a great point about the Bengals being uh, when, they're lo- when, they, when they're losing games. That T. Higgins is often the receiver that gets utilized a lot in their losses. In the game against the Chargers, where they got blown out, 41-22, they had to pass the entirety of really the game because they were down 16 nothing before they could even blink. T. Higgins had nine catches for 138 yards and a touchdown. That's a... Big-time performance from T. Higgins. Um, You just look at other games where they were forced to throw a lot. 
Um, we all know Jamar Chase's numbers in that Chiefs regular season game, but Higgins had three catches for 62 yards in that game. Other games where they were trailing this season and, and had to throw the football, they uh, the game against the Browns, which was a really ugly loss for them, 41-16. to T. Higgins had six catches for 78 yards. So, if you're looking at this game thinking, I believe the Bengals will be trailing and throwing the football a lot, T. Higgins, for his receiving yardage, is at 68.5. He could go over just because of the numbers that he has had in games where they are losing and having to throw. Receptions, Higgins is at 5.5. You have Jamar Chase also at 5.5. But Jamar Chase is receiving yards 78.5. Higgins is at 68.5. I think for me, I look at Samaje Piran's receiving yards is over under 8.5. Joe Mixon's at 25.5. I actually... Really like this Samaje Pirine over on his receiving yards. He's a guy that is getting more action, who has been more involved in their passing game. He had the big catch and run uh, last week, or I keep saying last week, the AFC Championship game, which was the 41-yard touchdown. Uh, against Tennessee, though, not really involved. Against Vegas, not really involved. These are games in which they're winning. You have to look at games in which they're trailing to see the games in which they're passing, okay? Trailing against Kansas City. He had four four targets. He had three catches and included the 41-yard catch and run. Uh, In the loss to San Francisco earlier this season, four catches on five targets, 22 yards. In the, uh, let's see, the loss against Cleveland, he had two catches, 17 yards. In the loss against the Jets, two catches, 16 yards. Um, The loss against Green Bay, four catches, 24 yards. In fact, he doesn't get a lot of catches, but the yardage, his total is eight. Eight and a half receiving yards. In the regular season, he has gone under eight and a half only six times. His numbers have eclipsed that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And in one game, he actually had one catch for eight yards. So, ten games over eight and a half receiving yards. And then I just think that, you know, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, but to take a flyer on any time touchdown at a really high number. I just think Piran's going to be involved in their passing game. Uh, Reception-wise, I don't even see, oh, over under one and a half receptions. But receiving yards over eight and a half. Kind of like that for Samaje Piran. Joe Mixon is at 25 and a half. Uh, let's see. Van Jefferson's at 30 and a half. Don't know how many catches Van Jefferson's going to have. The thing with Van Jefferson is that he is a deep threat. And you know that there's going to be a deep shot taken in this game. In fact, 
I wanted to see longest reception because I do believe that we're going to get a long catch in this game. I see longest touchdown, which is 40 and a half yards. That's longest touchdown. But I want to talk about just longest reception that not doesn't necessarily uh, result in a touchdown. Because that would be something that I'd be interested in to see if there's a, a prop there uh, for that. Like, let's see. If I look on DraftKings, game props, largest lead, largest uh, uh, last scoring play, the octopus is there. So they have the octopus at plus 1,400, which is, again, same player scoring the touchdown and getting the two-point conversion. Here at Circa, you get it at 1,500. DraftKings has it at 1,400. So, again, really just um, you got to shop around. You really have to shop around for all of these props. Uh, I don't. I got to find a longest reception here. But if it's something close to that 40-yard mark, I think we can have it. Will any player have a 60-plus-yard reception? So I guess that is technically the over the uh, longest reception. The yes is plus 270. The no is minus 325. Will either team have a uh, 60-plus yard reception? That's pretty high. How about this? Will either team have a 100-yard receiver? The toll, the yes on that is plus 240. I, I, I got to believe that someone's going to have 100 yards, right? In, in the games? <laughs> I mean, Cooper Cup pretty much gets, him every, <laughs> gets it every week. But how many times has there not been a 100-yard receiver for the Rams? In this playoffs, the game against the Cardinals, they did not have a 100-yard receiver. Cooper Cup had 61 yards. So that's just the, that's the one game in the playoffs that they didn't have. They had a 100-yard receiver, obviously, against the Bucs, and a 100-yard receiver, obviously, against the 49ers. They, against Baltimore this season... They had, nope, Cooper Cup had 95 yards. Well, just look at Cooper Cup alone. I think this is the easiest way to do it, is to just look at Cooper Cup's games. Cooper Cup this season has only had one, two, three, four, five, six games that he did not have 100 yards. And of those six games, he had 96 yards, 95 yards, 96 yards, and 95 yards. I'm sorry, but Cooper Cup is, and in also in a game that he had 64 yards, Van Jefferson had 90 yards in that game. The Rams pretty much have a 100-yard receiver every game, with the exception of five or six games this season. At plus 240, for either team to have a 100-yard receiver, I kind of like that. I really do like that. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. The NHL returned from its all-star break here on Monday with uh, just two games, and both home teams came away with victories. Both home teams were small favorites, about minus 130 or so. Maple Leafs winning in overtime against the Hurricanes 4-3, to so that one does go over the 6.5 goal mark. And the Senators with a 4-1 win at home against the Devils, the game going under the 6-goal mark. On Tuesday, a much bigger slate of games. The Hurricanes and the Senators both playing the second night of a back-to-back. This one is in Ottawa, and Carolina is minus 280, and that is a good sign for our trend of the heavy road favorites in the NHL. As uh, before we went to break, 40-7 and straight up. Road favorites in the NHL of minus 200 or greater, 40 and 7 straight up. So again, that means that Carolina does qualify for this trend. They are minus 280 in Ottawa. The Bruins are minus 135 at home against the Penguins. Montreal is a home favorite, minus 125 against the Devils. I want no part of that game. Uh, Washington minus 270 at home against Columbus. The Minnesota Wild are a team I am very into for the second half of the season. Minnesota is minus 145 on the road at the Jets. Uh, I like Minnesota. I really do. Um, I think they got a chance to go deep in the playoffs, too, in the Western Conference. Uh, You have Vegas at Edmonton. Very good game between those two teams. Edmonton is minus 110 at home against the Golden Knights. And then the Canucks are at home against the Coyotes. Vancouver is minus 250 
at home against the terrible Arizona Coyotes. Uh, part of me kind of wants to take uh, I, I don't know if I could do it. Can I stomach it? Can I stomach a bet on Arizona? I kind of want to do it. Uh, let's see. The plus money on Arizona would be at plus 205 for the Coyotes. Uh, listen, first game after the All-Star break, you're playing a team that is not that good in uh, Vancouver. Um, this season, let's see. Um, they Have they played Vancouver yet? No, they haven't played Vancouver yet because they got the first game, I guess, was postponed due to COVID. So this is the first time these two teams are playing each other. Vancouver is 20-20-6 and six on the season. So they're a better team than, than Arizona for sure. Uh, but not a great team. They're still a bottom team in their division. And their goal differential this year is minus 11 for the Canucks. At home this year, they are 8, 8, and 3, 12, 12, and 3 on the road. So pretty identical numbers there. Uh, but a minus 11 on the goal differential, not as bad as the minus 70 for the Coyotes. But it's not a favorite that I really trust at minus 240. Look, they should win. Arizona's terrible. But uh, part of me just wants to take a play on Arizona there. Uh, so the plays that I would like is certainly Carolina. you got to parlay them with somebody. Because minus 265 is uh, pretty high. But 40 and 7 for heavy NHL road favorites this year. In fact, a cross-sport parlay is probably the way to go here with the money lines. You take Carolina at minus 265. They qualify heavy NHL road favorites. Again, 40 and 7 straight up this season. And then you go over to the NBA where the favorites have dominated over the last three days, 18-1 and straight up. And I would look at the Mavericks at home against the Pistons in a game where, if you're the Mavericks, you can't lose that game to the pitiful Pistons. And then look at Trey Young and the Hawks at home against the Pacers, laying nine. Indiana's a team that is just selling at the depth. They're getting, they just traded away Karis LeVert. They, they're not going for anything. Those three favorites right there on the board, that's as close to even money as you're going to get. I got minus 108 here. I like that bet. Take the heavy NHL favorite, the two heavy NBA favorites. You got yourself a three-teamer at pretty darn close to even money on three teams that I don't expect to lose the games coming up here on Tuesday at all. Speaking of the NBA favorites, again, 18-1 and one straight up over the last three days, 16-2-1 against the spread. Here on Tuesday, you have the Sixers, minus two at home against the Suns. The Hawks, as I mentioned, nine-point favorites at home against the Pacers. The Celtics, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Nets. The Nets have lost eight straight games. They are just, they're just bad. It's been, um, it's, it's, it's not good. Um, let's keep going here on um, the, let's see, 
Pelicans minus seven at home against the Rockets. You got the Grizzlies, seven and a half point favorites at home against the Clippers. Mavericks, as we mentioned, 11 point favorites against the Pistons. The Nuggets, seven point favorites at home against the Knicks. Knicks are a team that's in shambles as well. Uh, Bucks are minus four in LA against the Lakers. You got the Timberwolves minus three and a half at the Kings and the Blazers minus three and a half at home against the Magic. Uh, wanted to see this season of the first half margin this season because Boston recently has been in pretty good form in the first half of games. In fact, in the last three, they have a plus 8.7 margin in the first half. But overall, they are the ninth best team in margin in the first half this season. Uh, Brooklyn is at 13, but Brooklyn as of late has been awful. Minus 4.7 in the last three games. Uh, just, you know, again, this is a bad, bad Brooklyn team that is the worst in the NBA against the spread. 19-33-1. It's just, it's just terrible. 19-33-1. And, and I don't know if James Harden's going to play. If he doesn't play, the Celtics should blow him out. Even if he does play, I like the Celtics in the first half. Uh, the Nets have been struggling. The Celtics have been jumping out to leads. Yes, the Celtics have been helped out by playing uh, bad teams in Orlando and Detroit. But against Charlotte, they played well against Miami. That was a good win for them. So, you know, they had first-half leads against Charlotte. Uh, I believe they had a first-half lead, a big first-half lead against Miami. So you're looking at this Celtics team in the first half of games. They have done, like, the Celtics have done a good job of actually blowing leads at the end of games. But as far as jumping out to an early lead, I think the Celtics in the first half against the Brooklyn Nets would be my play here for this Tuesday night NBA slate. And if James Harden doesn't play, you just you just like it even more because this is a team that is uh, this is a team that is in bad form right now. And the Celtics winners of five straight and Feeling good right now, and as we talked with JVT earlier, this is just a stretch of the season where um, you know maybe teams are hitting a little bit of a lull while other teams are hitting their stride. Two weeks until the All-Star break, and a lot of these teams are just, just really begging for the time off. Hey, coming up this morning on Follow the Money, we mentioned Jonathan Von Tobel. He will be on Follow the Money this morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. At 8 a.m. Eastern Time, Jeff Seeley, Golf Handicapper. At 8.30 a.m., Frank B., a professional sports better, And then Jordan Palmer. Uh, former NFL quarterback, uh, a quarterback trainer, will join the program at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. It's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. As Super Week continues right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.